Rush. Rush. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Speak English Good podcast. A little air horn action for you to celebrate this monumental occasion. This being the 100th episode of this very podcast. Very proud and very happy to present this episode and this next guest, who is Edward Tony Green, or T-Money Green, or Tony. I call him Tony. Anyways, Tony is best known for his work with Death Row Records um, right during the G-Funk era, during the, the right in the middle of the shitstorm that was Death Row Records. So he came in a little after uh, The Chronic, Dr. Dre's The Chronic drop, and he became the musical director for Dr. Dre when they went to produce Doggy Style for Snoop Doggy Dog, who is now Snoop Dogg, and weirdly has a cooking show with Martha Stewart. Awesome. Anyways, uh, Tony has done so much work with so many artists. I mean, he's worked with George Clinton. He's uh, Curtis Mayfield. He's worked with Tupac, Warren G. Regulators. That's his bass line on there. Um, it's not his bass line, but he's playing bass on that song. He is a bass player. Uh, Jewel, he's worked with Ice Cube, Gangstar. Oh my God, there's a whole list. Uh, it's just incredible. And if he's not playing directly with the artist, his bass is being sampled for an artist. So, um, it's awesome. And he was a great guest. He was very generous, and it's amazing that. Before he even got to Death Row Records, he had already a great career. 20 years with the Dramatics, who started out in Detroit. They're briefly signed on to Motown and Stax. So it has that vibe. And 20 years of doing that. And then he goes and has another great career at Death Row Records as the MD over there. So. Awesome, awesome, awesome conversation we had. He was super honest, and that's all you can ask from a guest. So we'll get to him in a second. I just want to address this 100th episode. I really appreciate the people who have been signed on since the beginning. Um, thank you for interacting. Thank you for emails. Thank you for just being you and listening. It's a cluttered environment of podcasts out there, and it's just amazing to me that I get just a little piece of your ear. So thank you so much, and I couldn't be prouder of this show and all the work that I've done with other artists and, you know, hired on to, hired gun or recording or everything I've done, it's not all me. It's not all mine. So I'm really happy that this podcast is completely me. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can say whatever the fuck I want. And it's been awesome. And the numbers are growing. And, ah, you know, this show's taken on so many changes from, uh, I mean, I had a beautiful studio in San Diego, California, 
with all the bells and whistles and I've had two co-hosts and, you know, special guest co-hosts and the comedians and business owners who've trudged into OB uh, to sit in my studio and just to watch me make stupid dick jokes. I mean, it's amazing. So nothing but appreciation and I, I can't wait for the next hundred episodes. So enough of me gushing. I just wanted to get that out just a little bit. And um, I'm, again, I'm super happy and super proud of this podcast. And I hope you guys continue to like it and love it as much as I do. So without any further ado, let's get over to Team Money Green. So I'm here with uh, Mr. T Money Green. Um, he's well known for his work with the the dramatics, with Death Row Records, Snoop Dogg during the G Funk era. Yes. Uh, during Death during Row, the real days. yeah, when Death Row was Death Row, yeah. Which I don't even think Death Row exists anymore, does it? Well, yeah, there was it a Canadian company now, and I will be contacting them for some royalties. <laughs> they well, they don't know who's who. They don't know who did what, but they bought. You know, they bought the company. Yeah. So I think those companies uh, appreciate when you pop up and let them know, hey, well, you know, I did 12 of those songs. These, You know, let them know what songs yeah. and stuff. I mean, because then they can at least put the music with a person that really existed doing that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So but, you actually have to go, because they're not going to go out and find you. No, no, <laughs> no one's going to find them. Yeah, yeah hell no. So you can't I, even expect them to find you. You know what I mean? Right, right. And and I mean, like we were just talking before we started rolling about and the songs in the background. You probably can't hear it, but uh, it's a Snoop Dogg song that is supposedly featuring George Clinton. But yeah, it was obviously me singing <laughs> and talking in the beginning. But it just goes to show how you know credits and stuff like that didn't really mean a lot to them. Yeah. I, I started showing them credits and we started getting credits. Wow. You know, um, but other than that, they didn't care. It'd just be, you know, you do the session, get some money and mm. bounce. And so when you were like at death row, when you came in, were they what they were? I mean, like, were well, they I a big company I came in right after yet? nothing but a G thing. So oh, you came in right after the chronic. Right? Yeah, right okay. after the chronic. Okay, okay. So the thing is, that sold three million. I mean, so it was right. selling as I got with them. Right. It already had went platinum. Okay, so they had a little success. Oh, yeah. No, that was big success. I mean, that record was the hottest shit right. out right then. Yeah, totally. You know, so um, when we came in fresh off the fucking streets of Detroit, uh, you know, we ran into, uh, you know, a situation where we can, you know, Dre, let me play. You know, he asked me to play. Warren turned me on to him. You know what, let's back up just a little bit because I, I want to talk about that because that's how I know about you. Okay. And and then once I started looking into it, you see the dramatics and the and you know, your your link to Motown and yeah. and uh, you know, so you had an entire career. Yeah, it's been forty eight years. <laughs> a career that's still going, yeah. by the way, because you're still playing still out. Going. Yeah, yeah. Still you're still playing. Recording, still producing. Yeah, yeah, I won't stop. So what did? So you're from Detroit? Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised. And now, is there a lineage of music in your family? Was your house? Uh, a my musical? stepfather is a hell of a jazz musician. Okay. And in the in a, he would rehearse at the house. Okay. And a lot of the great uh, Jack McDuff, uh, Spanky Wilson. Uh, um, I mean, 
all of the great jazz musicians would rehearse there. Oh, wow. Because my dad was built in the Bakers. Now, I don't know if you heard of Bakers. No. It's the oldest jazz club in the world, and it's here in Detroit. Oh, really? And so my dad, because he can read really good. Oh, that helps. So <laughs> groups would come from New York, the jazz guys. You know, mm -hmm. if you play sax, ain't no sense in bringing a whole band. Yeah. Yeah. You just come with yeah, your you sax come. and then pick up the musicians when you get there. Right, right. Well, my dad was the musicians you would pick up. Ah, got and it. And he, he knew who to play. You know, he knew who to bring in on piano, who to bring in on drums and shit like that, you okay. know? So I got a chance, Esther Phillips, to see some dynamic Esther people. Phillips? Yeah, it was in wow. my basement, man. My dad used to be her uh, musical director for a while. Is she He from said here? they used to know. Uh -huh. But he said they used to have to wake her up with two motherfucking Coca-Colas. <laughs> And some other, some just some other shit to just wake her up because she would always be on a deep binge. You know, she was oh. heavy on the drugs. Okay, okay. So she was, she was using. Uh, yeah, she was using heroin. Heroin, yeah. 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 So wow. um, just having that around um, in the basement, uh, you know, I just, I it it influenced me like just loving music. Yeah. However, I didn't get the itch until I went to a high school talent show. Oh, okay. And seeing somebody my age playing yeah. a popular song from the radio, yeah. they're just like, "Damn!" Everybody I can screaming. Do it. Yeah, and I'm like, like oh, "Damn, I, I can get do some that. of that. <laughs> I can do that." Hell yeah, man. Okay, so so you so music just better. You been around music since you're life. yeah since you're. I sang in the in the choir at church. I sang in the choir at school. Okay, you know what I mean. I it, always sang, so uh, bass was the next thing. Uh, and just so you know, I'm not being rude. I have questions on my phone. Oh, I'm not, I'm not no, sending I, Facebook I messages care. and shit. I don't care. You can do whatever you want, man. I'm good. <laughs> right on. Um, so, so you grew up in the church, and yeah. so, I mean, I mean, because that's they used to make you go to church when I'm my age. <laughs> you gotta see. I just turned 61. Oh, okay. So when I went to church, they yeah, the old the old school. Like back in my day. The neighbor can whoop your ass, then bring you home, and then you'd get a whooping from your people, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot different than it is now. Yeah, you can't do that now. now. nobody gives a fuck. And, you know, it's no family. It's nothing like that, bro. No, I agree with you, man. There's a lot of... Uh, it's just open, like, yeah, open for anything. Like, nobody has real direction nope. or ownership. Nope. Um, a feeling of community, I feel right, like, yeah. is missing. It's missing like hell, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's what's so... Um, I think that's what's so beneficial about like church and like growing up with a community built in because there's still uh, I mean like because I played for a church for a little bit um, okay. it was a Baptist church and I mean that was boot camp for me because yeah. like I didn't know sh I mean like I didn't I didn't realize how involved it is I mean just the chord changes and the type of chord it was new to me then you know yeah, like so yeah. like for me that was and i only played for like six months but like i grew as a musician so i can't imagine just being inundated as a child yeah just in there man yeah, all my brothers play yeah you know we all play music yeah so, and i know it's all because we got the same influence it's just that my dad did jazz and i said i was saving jazz for when i got 60 but shit now i'm 61 i'm saving it for when i got get 80 <laughs> there you go there you yeah, go yeah no i'm gonna keep on g-funking it bro hey man there's nothing wrong with funk man um yeah. so so um is jazz just not really an interest for you to pursue or nah. is yeah no nah. is um are, are you um are you formally taught or are you self-taught 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 yeah well my dad i play upside down Oh, okay. And when he caught me playing his bass upside down, he told me to put it down. You'll never play like this. Oh. 
And I, I had knew about eight songs at that point. <laughs> You're like, I'm already playing. Yeah, like this. he was like, put my shit down. So oh, at wow. that point, it was just nothing he could really say to me. Right, right, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna do it yeah, like I'm this. I'm gonna do my shit. Yeah, he's my stepfather too, you know. Mm-hmm. So I started rebelling and doing it the way I wanted to do it. And before I knew it, I turned out to be one of the best. Yeah. And he's got a lot of respect for me now. Oh, that's cool. And uh, he told me one day, "Wow, I'm so glad you didn't." pay attention to me and how he was really trying to protect me from the drugs yeah that's in this industry oh yeah totally man. and then with him coming up in the the jazz era it was a lot of heroin yeah charlie parker i don't care how good you were right you could be on heroin easy like mm-hmm. like fuck life yeah you know but he saw that i wasn't a follower yeah and that i knew what i wanted to do you know and i wrote a lot of songs and yeah it's been a really a blessed a blessed career whoa i mean my 48 goodness. years and i ain't stopped yet so we, we got about 1500 masters 1500 and that's all original compositions by yeah, you yeah original compositions by me or the situation by me because i'm a record company oh okay so i produced a lot of i produced a lot of records uh-huh so uh and i nurtured so say you got a song mm. and i bring it in and produce it and put the acts on it and stuff well that's me and you Okay. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so yeah. that's a lot of those kind of compositions. Right, right. Because so. I'm, I'm not just like Prince was doing his own. Yeah. You know, Prince played the bass, the guitar, the drums. Right, yeah. and, you know, No, I, and I like the fact that I had to work with other people too. Right. That means uh, uh, I like to collaborate. Yeah, man. That I, I think that's... Uh, collaboration is just... That's I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like it's... Because you can go so far on your own. I mean, obviously Prince, but... Right. But like still, I mean, there's the thing about Prince is is like he has a lot of good songs, but he has a lot of songs that are like eh. suck too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah. you know that's just because he he was a lot like, of people won't say that, but <laughs> yeah, I say it too. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah, like because he had some songs that really suck, but <laughs> at the same time, that motherfucker got enough hit songs that I, I would go see him in concert yep. and just have to go home and hit a a note on my bass just to shake it off, man. <laughs> He would be funky as hell, For man. For sure. Did you ever have a chance to see him or play with him or no, meet him? I, or I didn't get a chance to meet him. Just like I said, the concerts was enough. Mm. Yeah. I've never been a guy who worried about meeting people. Yeah, I mean, me neither. It's like never been like, I, I don't really like um, running up to people and asking for autographs yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, like that was, that, man. that was, it always seems like an intrusion. It is an intrusion. <laughs> I know when people intrude on me. You know, they don't give a fuck. They just do it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you're sitting at dinner with your girl or something, and, like, somebody's like, Mr. Green, Mr. Green, sign this. Take this picture. Do the Watusi, you know? like, I don't want to do shit. (laughs) Right. I'm eating here. And then you act funny. So I I always, I usually address everybody. That's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, like shit. Like your your phone number was is it's accessible. On, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And that's how I, I just called. Right. Well, was, well, that's the thing. I wanted to have people able to reach me because it's always a story. Yeah. I got a book on the way. Oh shit! Okay. I got a book deal. We doing it. I mean, uh, she's got thirty two thousand words written, and we ain't even got to death row yet. <laughs> that's just all leading up out of the dramatics leading up to death row wow okay so let's let's get okay so you like you pick up the bass you do the work you learn your you learn what you gotta learn and then um tell me sort of how you got involved with because i know you're young when you got picked up by the dramatics. Yeah, 17 you're 17 yeah but i could play and um i learned they show it uh. started with learning their show first okay and uh which they had like 21 songs in their show okay and i learned they show and then you know we go on tour 
And I'm playing all of those songs, night after night after night, same songs, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then you get better as it goes. So how did you kind of meet the dramatic? Like, well, how did I you was playing in a nightclub here okay. in Detroit. Yeah. Right. Used to be a lot of venues in Detroit. All right. And like 70, 80 venues. Bands would always, it'd be yeah. some hot bands in all of them. Yeah, you could work. Well, we was in one. Okay. And we played there every Thursday through Saturday. Okay. And uh, one of the dramatics came in, and he used to come in to, to deal with the uh, the flirt with the uh, waitress. Why not? And then he just started hearing me, you know. Yeah. And then one day it came down to it. He knew I had a band, and they wanted their band was going on strike and shit. <laughs> you know, like we gonna get the money we want before California. Yeah. yeah. By holding out. Okay. That okay. Kind of okay. Because they were about to go to California. Yeah. So they was holding out. Okay. Okay. You know, and then what happened was the dramatics was like, "Fuck y'all, we'll get a new band." <laughs> yeah. So they first came to me for my whole band to do it. Uh huh. And I was like, "Okay, cool. That'd be cool." But it started being hard for nine people to learn the song right and it came down to t we just need you man because the rest <laughs> of the band is acting better oh they, they we came just want to get rid of the bass player uh, yeah because he was the one starting all the oh shit. he was the one who was rallying yeah. the troops okay the yeah. troublemaker yeah he was the trouble the troublemaker yeah. yeah and and at that time were the dramatics uh, a, a big a hell yeah name fuck yeah okay. i went from playing for two and three hundred people or a hundred people to playing for fifty thousand people oh <laughs> 8,000 a night, you know, on a, a regular club was 8,000. Okay, okay. That's yeah, so they were already big when I got with Okay, them. okay. Matter of fact, that's how they came to my mother and said, uh, we want to take him on the road. He'll make 250 a night. Mm. I mean, 250 a week. He'll get um, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Insurance? Yep. And we, was, <laughs> and we get unemployment. Okay. So after the tour was over, yeah. then we could sit in the unemployment line and collect a check. What? My mother was like, hell yeah, take him. Get your ass out on so the road. So he help eh? pay this rent. Yeah. And, and so you helped pay your parents' rent? No, I paid it all <laughs> since then. I mean, geez. <laughs> My parents has been blessed to have a son to care as hey, much man. as I have. But you know what? I, I feel like... If your parents deserve it, they deserve it, you know? I mean, there's some well, bad deserve parents. deserve is, is a funny word because <laughs> they couldn't help me at all. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't buy me a base. But they, they were able to... Hand. You were able to... They grew you. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Even there, uh, my mother and real father separated. Mm -hmm. I mean, divorced. Yeah. So I automatically got a... A check monthly. Oh, okay. Yeah. For that, you oh, know right. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made like where raising me was easy because I mean I had my own. I came with my own check. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and I remember when I finally took it out of my mother's hands because I was like, "Look, that's my check." Yeah. You know, when you start to get old enough and know, <laughs> like I want my whole check, yeah, no yeah, more yeah. of that splitting this money. Because uh, I didn't have nothing, man. I wanted a base. I wanted an amp. I wanted all the things the other guys had, but I didn't yeah. have shit. And they never learned how to play like I learned how to play. So right. sometimes when you can get everything easy, mm. you don't do shit yeah. to yeah. deserve it. Oh, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. So the fact that I didn't have shit is what gave me my drive and ambition Yeah. to keep it going, man. Yeah, because like, what what the hell do you got to lose? Right. <laughs> you I'm don't saying. got shit right. but you your face, your instrument. That's it. You're right. Yeah. And that's it for real, man. So, so you guys, you know what? Actually, um, I, saw, I don't know where I saw it, but just doing the research before I came up here, um, I heard a funny story about an embarrassing moment 
with the dramatics. Do you uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Well, there's, there's I think, a few I think, embarrassing moments, but uh, the one is you know I crammed in 21 songs uh -huh. uh, when it was time. You know, like I said, they came down and it turned out to be just me. Right. And I didn't want to quit my band, but I was like, fuck it. You know, I guess it's just <laughs> the time you get a break. I mean. They had to understand. If I feel fucked up about it, yeah. it wasn't like, yeah, I'm out. Right. No, it was damn. I thought they was going to use all of us, and right. now they're not. Yeah. And they just need me. So that was kind of fucked up. But <laughs> at the same time, that's how breaks go. They they don't, they don't might not include people that you think should have a break. Right. You know what I mean? Just because you think a motherfucker should have a break don't necessarily mean that <laughs> yeah. they should have had a break. Right, right. So I, I went on and, and did it. And uh, one embarrassing moment was... I learned those 21 songs kind of quick. Uh -huh. And then when it finally was time to do a show, the very first show was in San Francisco. Oh, okay. At this place called the Circle Star Theater. Okay, yeah, this is the story. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> right outside of San Mateo, really. And um, we rehearsed like a motherfucker, man, and I was good. And you know the one guy that I got really bonded with in the dramatics was like, you're doing good, T, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just to see that, and I felt good. But we... Um, so at the rehearsal, everything was good, normal. Right. We kicked ass. And then so now it's the showtime. And you had to walk through the crowd to the middle of the stage because it was a theater and around. Okay, yeah. I Every get seat is good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, but you march down to the middle of the theater. And then so now we're doing the show and the dramatics finally come out. So the band come first. Yeah. And now we playing the fanfare for the dramatics to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dramatics come walking down the aisle. And they get on stage, and I'm already kind of flirting with this girl right here, right? And then we on stage, the next thing I know, that girl ain't right there no more, man. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I realize now that the stage is moving. <laughs> it didn't move at rehearsal. Yeah. But I didn't know theaters and around that the stage is, right. you know. And I forgot, I just lost where I was at, man. Well, then, I didn't play. I, I stopped playing for at least three minutes. Wow. Because I couldn't figure out where to come back in. At. Right, I right, got right. Just Everything was different now. A whole lot of people. Yeah. I just crammed that show together. Right, because you went from 200 to... Yeah, I went from less than I 200 mean, even, you know. To, to what, what was that you know, 100 show? people to... That was an 8,000 seater. <laughs> That's intimidating. And, these, and, and then the dramatics drew females, so... And I mean screaming, throwing panties on the stage, females. That must have been a wonderful time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It very was. Yes, it was. A beautiful time to be exact. So you guys, uh, so you, so you, how long were you with the Dramatics? Then? Uh, 18 and a half years. 18 and a half years. Okay. Yeah. And, and you wrote some songs. For I them. wrote a lot of songs for the Dramatics. Okay. The only gold album they got, I got it. And I wrote four songs on it. But I wrote a lot of songs for them later, you know, throughout the career. Now, were there um, just... Uh, just when you're learning the songs, were the songs particularly difficult, or were the songs pretty poppy, formatted type uh, thing? They were, they, I like to play. See, I was always the band member who liked backing up to singers. Mm -hmm. A lot of band members hated singers. <laughs> like, yeah. oh man, fuck them singers, man. It's, you know, but I liked the backing up singers. So when it came to playing for the dramatics, it was pretty much easy because I knew my place was in the background of the right. singer. So I would learn to, so I, you know, my ear was pretty good. Uh -huh. And I picked up each song, you know, yeah. so. And then I got better as it went on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you start to relax and realizing. Because they knew I had talent. Right. And they knew I could play, but 
it was like starting all over for a minute, learning they stuff. Right. And learning how to play that vibe. Because they stuff was pretty mellow. Yeah, it's Yeah, a true. bunch of babies was made on our <laughs> shit. <laughs> which is which is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, is yeah, a wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah, a bunch of babies, too. <laughs> so, with the dramatics, you guys, um, I mean, like, because you guys got pretty huge. I mean, like, there was, like, you guys were doing big, big shows. Yeah, yeah. Dramatics like, was huge, man. Um and it lasted a long time, but then the bottom dropped. Okay, so and and the groups, you know, then they start arguing and people leave, yeah. and it just it left a fucked up transition for a while. And so when um, I mean, when did you realize that sort of that it was starting to be over? Like when did you start seeing the? I mean, like not necessarily like I need to quit or go, but like when did you like see it drop? It went from it went from maybe four shows in a weekend to one show a month oh okay so you guys were just not getting booked no no so they fucked it up a lot of drugs fucked the dramatics up is what if you don't mind what kind of drug? Well, cocaine cocaine was the choice of everybody's drug when was the, so this was like 80s yeah yeah this okay, the 80s. So yeah, 80s yeah yeah cocaine 80. was yeah yeah going yeah, 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 okay, yeah, okay. yeah 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 plenty of cocaine today. <laughs> this is a seven this is the late 70s going yeah. through the whole 80s oh yeah so that's like all yeah. that colombian yeah shit yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah, all the weed we had was the Acapulco Gold, the Colombian Red, you know. Okay. We had all the best weed back then. I, now everything is green. I don't understand <laughs> it. We're already being GMO'd, if you ask me. I agree, man, because some of that shit, they put, like, all these crazy fertilizers in, and, I mean, it tastes good, and but, like, it just it Yeah, but, you know, it there. could be some shit. Yeah, it, you know that you're smoking, like, pesticides. Yeah, that was and, like, something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, totally, man. I'm with that's you That's what kind of fucks it up. We're already being GMO'd. People <laughs> was like, don't get GMO. They already. Don't get GMO. Yeah, it is GMO already. So, genetically modified. So when you, um, so when you went, so what was like the final straw that sort of was like, I'm out of here? Well, we was just running up and down the highway smoking cocaine. <laughs> Cheap. Uh, one show a month. I'm like, we could get pulled over. I don't know why the van is not getting pulled over because, you know, with the, with the cocaine smoking it, you got to spark a lighter. Yeah. Well, if you was driving behind us, you'll see a lighter spark here and then over there and then back there and then over there. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't get pulled over. I, it, like, I was only because of my own past drug use am I this curious. But, like, were you guys, you guys were freebasing or, like, yeah. okay, so, you like, foil and shit? No, we was with the little pipe, you know. Oh, because once okay, you cook it up, you know, once, okay. you, once you cooked it up, you can, gotcha. you know. Yeah, totally. It's in the rock form. You can just smoke it up. Yeah. And now the thing I wasn't doing was crack. Oh, okay. We, we did freebasing. We you cooked our own. Yeah, cocaine. You know gotcha. what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck that buying it from the corner. Yeah, well, you don't know what's in that. Yeah, shit. that's <laughs> <some> bullshit. <laughs> that's how I, I, I'm like. I'd rather cook my own food that's than why go I out. Never got it. strung out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the chemicals that they they put in it is mm-hmm. what string people out. Yeah, when, when or kill we you. Free basing. We we cleaning all the impurities off. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. For sure. And then you smoking it, but I mean, even there, it became a nuisance type of time. You know, because people not showing up for a show or. <sighs> Yeah. You know, everybody come to town together for a show, and then one is <laughs> can't put the pipe down somewhere uh, on the east side. Yeah, yeah, that's that's rough, man. Or somewhere on the west side, he done found the uh, west side of Chicago. He done found a house where he can sit and get high <laughs> and forget all about the show. All oh, those crack houses. Yeah, shit is fucked up. Yes, it is. Um, okay, so what year was that? That was uh, g- coming up to end at uh, ninety two. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, so you made a quick jump to 
to death row then. Well, what happened is uh, I, I quit the dramatics in 92. Okay. And then we went to California. We drove to California to start a new life, me and David Ruffin Jr. Oh, um, the son of the Temptations. Yeah. Okay. And then we call him D Ruff. D Ruff. So me and him hit the road and uh, broke down in Arizona and got the car fixed and stumbled up and made it to California. Well, the first time I went out with him and this young lady, uh, we ran into Warren G oh, and okay. Snoop and DLC. Oh, okay. They was at a club. And now I understand it. They dressing like me and you right now. Yeah, yeah. They ain't got the money yet. Okay, this is But they before. got a hit record. Oh, Yeah, okay. but they got nothing but a G thing is banging. Okay. Oh, but, but you know, it take a minute to get money just because you got the hottest record. Yeah, yeah. Mean it doesn't mean money. you're rich right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. You might have got a few dollars to chill out. Right. You know. So but they were just. They yeah, just, they just like, they hanging out at the club. Yeah. Snoop got a little hoodie on. <laughs> You know, and then, but, um, so I met them, David was the age, and they knew his David Ruffin Jr. Okay, so, so he had way They knew who, you know, name. it was like, He's, oh, the son of a temptation, okay. Right, right. So he brought them over to meet me, so I met Snoop, D.O.C., and Warren G. Okay. And then Snoop and D.O.C. went on back to where the dance floor was, and uh, Warren stuck around. Okay. And Warren, being more of a guy into, you know, like a musician, uh-huh. he was like, um, so, uh, yeah, man, David told me you play bass, huh? And I said, yeah, man, you know, I was with the Dramatics for a while. I can really play. And he said, man, you need to call my brother. He be needing bass all the time. Oh, yeah. And I was, you know, didn't know. I was like, who, you know, who's your brother? And David Ruffin, who has been trying to teach me my little etiquette, you know. Trying to you. you know, Dr. Dre. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, Dr. Dre, yeah, I know. I say I'm new to this, bro. I don't know nothing about hip hop, really. Right. Well, you're coming from like R and B, baby making music. Yeah, yeah. Now to bitches ain't shit, but hoes <laughs> and tricks. So it was fun. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, uh, so then when he got, he said, "Call my brother." So I called Dre, mm. and we called him like seven, six days in a row, and without an answer. So I was like, "Fuck it, I ain't calling." Did you no leave more. a message? Did you have a message? Uh, yeah, I was like, "Hey, this is uh, T Green calling. Yeah. Uh, Warren G told me to call you." Yeah, yeah. You know, I play bass. Right. Fuck it. No answer. And then on the eighth day, the phone rang about nine in the morning, and I answered it. And it was like, "Yeah, can I speak to T Green?" And I said, "Yeah, this T Green." Uh, he was like, "Yeah, this Dr. Dre." And I was like, "Hey, how you doing, Dr. Dre?" And he <laughs> said, "You play bass." So I said, "Yeah, man, I'm here from Detroit. I play bass." And he was like, can you come down to the studio and, and let me hear you? And I was like, hell yeah, where is it at? <laughs> and now, so, now, were you familiar be, familiar with what Dre was doing at the time? No, nah, but I'm no. a bass player, man. Uh-huh. I was familiar with, here's what happened. I went from not liking any rap uh-huh. to not, that, that Chronic album. Yeah. David Ruffin Jr., when he came around me, I had just quit the dramatics. Okay. So he would play that chronic every day, and I'd be like, man, cut that bullshit off. Yeah. You know, I just quit the dramatics. I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do here. Right. And I was serious. You know, I'm panicking, hoping I don't have to run back to the dramatics. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the guys was like, let him quit. He'll come crawling back. And I was like, oh, shit. So that being in the back of my head. Yeah. He can't. I just didn't want that to happen. So uh, here we go, man. Uh me and David hit out there, so uh, when we we got to the studio with Dre, it's just funny because the young lady that let us use her car, because we, we drove to Detroit, I mean, in a beater. Yeah. And David was like, nah, fuck it, we'll take our car. And I was like, 
no, nah, she's right. Maybe we should take her car. <laughs> so we took her car. She had a Benz oh, 300E. Right. When we pulled up, Dr. Dre had the same car, oh, okay. only convertible. Okay. So you know that made us look like we had some money. Right. Like, yeah. Even though we didn't have shit. Because <laughs> if he would have asked me, he asked me too. Like, so here he had nothing but a G thing playing. Uh -huh. And he said, are you familiar with this? And see, like I said, David would play it so much. When we was driving to California, uh -huh. I got hooked on it. And I drove like 17 hours. Yeah. The first shift. I just let it stay in the cassette. It just yeah. flipped over yeah, and over. Yeah, yeah. And I started getting used to that. And I don't know why I was getting used to it. But there'd be bigger things happening for us that we don't know about. I, I agree with you that. You know what I mean? So I, I had a cram course, just like I crammed the dramatic show. Yeah. I crammed Dre stuff. Yeah. So by the time I meet him, which was maybe two months, maybe five weeks after being out there. So not even a long time. That's pretty quick. It was meant to happen like yeah, that. Right. Sure. That's quick as hell. Hell yeah. So by the time I meet him and he got nothing but a G thing playing and he say, you familiar with this? I say, yeah, I ain't learned it yet. I say, I can learn it right quick. And he say, no, I want to hear what you would have played. Man, I played so many bass lines. That <laughs> motherfucker was like, bam, stop. He was like, I got to have you right now. Hell How yeah. much? And I had been so broke. I was about to say, look, $50 every time we can get together. Right, right. If he would have frowned up, I'd have been forty. <laughs> He'd have been frowning because I'm going low. Talking me down. Yeah, he'll be frowning because I'm too low. Yeah. And I would be going lower because I'm thinking his is too high. Right, right. I'd be like thirty, twenty dollars, no less than ten, <laughs> motherfucker. Just get buy me a yeah, dinner. Buy me dinner. Lunch every day. <laughs> Instead, he was like, "Shit, I can start you off for seven hundred dollars a week." Hell yeah! First time I ever shut up and didn't try to sell myself. And I was like, $700 a week to do what? He said, just make up bass lines to my beats. And we made a bunch of bass lines <laughs> to his beats, man. Hell yeah. A lot of, I mean, the whole, that G-Funk era, man, I'm claiming it. Hell yeah. Because the Chronic was one thing, but I took Snoop's album, all R&B. Yeah. Snoop's album was way bigger than the Chronic, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's so. I mean, the Chronic sold three million, Snoop was like seven million. It was, a, I mean, like, it's still, I mean, it's a classic. Right. That is, like, all that shit's a cl yeah. classic. Yeah, it is. So, I was just curious. So, like, you worked your way in there, and you started getting familiar with everybody. And, uh, uh, I mean, because they, a lot of their, a lot of Dre, a lot of Snoop, a lot of those songs are, are samples. And I was confused because... Um, how how much of the sample are they taking, and how much are you guys playing? Like I, that's what I'm not. I was. Well, we was playing for Snoops. Is more no samples. Okay, it was it's more playing. But but you were playing um, other songs though, right? Isn't that isn't there like at least like you're playing other songs that he's rapping over it, like already songs that were established? Well, maybe it might have been a couple of them, and uh -huh. we playing along with it, right? To add our flavor to make uh -huh. it you know different. But for the most part, all of his stuff was original. Original, okay. Yeah. Snoop's album was more original. Okay. Dre's had all kind of samples. Right. He's yeah yeah. All yeah. that death. I mean, all of that. Uh, George Clinton. Samples, George Clinton. Yeah. All of that. So Snoop's no man. I brought Dre. I introduced Dre to George Clinton. Okay. Yeah. How did that? Happen? I had told Dre when I first met him that I had wrote songs with George Clinton and everything, and he was like, "Oh yeah yeah." So finally one day I came in. And he was at the board looking all stupid. I was like, what's up, man? He was like, didn't you say you know George? I said, man, I told you George is like my dad, man. Yeah. He's in the other studio. Can you get him to come in here? Hell yeah. And I was like, that ain't shit, man. <laughs> I went down there. And when I peeked into the studio, 
George turned around and he saw me. He was like, I knew somebody had permission to be funking like that. <laughs> so I didn't have permission since the 70s. <laughs> I did a song with George in 78. Um, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And what song was that? It was called One of Those Funky Things on the, on the uh, Motor Booty Affair album. Okay. The thing is that that song has been sampled by all of the rappers. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's a heavily sampled doo -doo, song, right? Doo doo. Down, 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 down. EPMD did it. Oh. The Rough Riders sampled yep. it. The Lock sampled it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, a bunch yeah. of people sampled and, it. And how much, how much did you get on the back well, end? Well, we got just always <laughs> some royalties, man. Nice. You know, as long as you're getting your piece. Well, you get it. Hey, you know, I could have got a bigger piece. Ah. But just getting a piece is better than no piece. Agreed. And the thing is, at least out of the whole deal, I got pretty uh, known you know what I mean? Yeah, you, well, you got names. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. So, did you did you end up winning Grammys off of? Well, any what of those? we did, we did the um, "Let Me Ride" uh, was on the Chronic. Uh huh. But we, when I got with them, we had just finished the new exciting "Let Me Ride" remix. Okay. That pushed it on over to a Grammy status. Oh, okay, cool. You know, back then you would do a remix to help boost the record, right? Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we did that, and it, it got a Grammy for "Let Me Ride." Okay. So, that's my same Grammy. So, okay, so kind of going back to the sample thing, because um, uh, specifically for, let's say, uh, um, Warren G's song, come on, it just slipped my mind. Like Regulator. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, so for that song in particular, which was a huge smash hit, um, and that was a Michael McDonald song. Now, right. did you guys re-record the parts, or were you guys actually taking samples from the original recording? Well, we we redid it. Okay, that's what I was yeah, curious we about. Them. Okay. Yeah, and then that way, what happens is when you repay it, you don't have to pay the amount of money that you have to pay if you use the record. You just use the yeah. sample itself. If you use a record, you got to pay everybody that was on that record. Yeah. If you redo it, then I mean that's you just got to pay the writer. Well, there you go. That's some good advice right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just re yeah. just re-record it. Yeah, just re you just know, re record it. Yeah. that son of a yeah. bitch. Okay. Okay. So. So you're you're on all these like super smash hits, and um, as Death Row is kind of growing, you know it's no secret that there was violence involved in plenty of violence. This is all kind of people dying around me. I, I'm now how how close to you all of that were you or you're right there? You're right there, so you saw it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I well put it like this: it would be a different security guard every week, and I'd be like, "Damn, what happened to the guy?" Oh man, he got smoked last night. Be like damn everybody getting smoked gee wow that's uh intense that yeah. so how did you feel I about seen that beat downs well and my ex-wife i had brought my ex-wife on to death row mm -hmm. and she got beat up she oh. was a photographer shit yeah she got beat up but she was talking too fucking much and then she said <laughs> They really wanted to beat me up, but they got her. I'm like, bitch, no, they didn't. They knew my address. <laughs> so that, that's why she's your ex-wife. Yeah. I take it. She runs I, it. And, I, and look, when much. they was like wondering if I was going to retaliate, I told them y'all gave her that ass kick, and I always wanted to give her. <laughs> that, well, hey, at least you didn't at least you didn't kick her ass. Yeah, right. I mean, at least you're yeah, but they a did gentleman. It me. You know, that was the ass kick, and I always wanted to give her. Yeah. So... But then they was just insisting on, no, I wanted to retaliate. So it got to pretty hairy, scary times with me. I'm carrying a pistol. Oh, okay. The people with me is carrying a pistol. Wow. And uh, yeah, you know, never knew what was going to jump off. And then I said, look, it's just time to go. So in 1995, 
I decided to go back home because mm. I could do a lot of shit at home. Plus, oh. I had notoriety out of this world. Right. Because all I brought was Detroit musicians out to death row. Oh, okay. So now I'm loved like a motherfucker at home. Right, right. You're the I'm coming home. Hero. I'm hearing my bass in those snow, everything riding up and down the street. Hell yeah. So and now I'm really to try to give breaks to, you know, people that might never, ever got a chance. Yeah. So I allowed them and I had the studio. Lockdown. If you could rap, get on the mic. I'm bringing out the tracks. Yeah, you know, and it's still my shit. But if we do something, it's yours too. Right, right. Your name, you know, is yeah. down there. So your uh, your departure from Death Row was something was more of a like get out, get out with your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and when did Dre leave? Right after that. Right after that. Uh-huh. And see what it was. Dre laid us off because I I didn't realize Dre was getting slapped around a little bit. Oh, I didn't sure. know that. Yeah, you know, wow. like Suge going out to the house, taking the reels and stuff like that. So when he let us go, I realized later that it was for our safety. And then they told me to go do Warren. Oh, okay. So at that point, I, I, was, I did all the Warren shit from 95 to like 98. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're working all directly the, yeah. with him. Yeah. And, uh, and were, you, were you actually... I'm curious, were you like part of the house band when they toured? Oh yeah, that's what I mean. If you okay. you can find me on Saturday Night Live, you can find me on Tight. the Billboard Music Awards. You can find all that on MTV. How, how was Saturday Night Live the experience? Man, it was the bomb, man. And we, you know, you you got two takes uh-huh. you can take, but we we aced that shit on the first take, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, and that shit was dope, man. You can find it now on Saturday Night Live, Snoop Dogg, uh, 1994. We did Gin and Juice, and we did Lottie Dottie. Okay. We yeah. like the in the band and then you could tell it's the same musicians because it sounds exactly like the record okay and, and it is the same musician exactly and, same and it's musician. your detroit player yeah yeah it's all my detroit people yeah. See, i like that i like that yeah. detroit had such an influence yeah man that. and that's why i look that's what detroit saved dre's ass again too because when it started going down for him after that uh-huh. Remember he did it at Dre Presents the Aftermath? Right. Well, that yeah. album was a flop. It wasn't very good. Yeah. And then they started pulling the gold records off the walls, mm-hmm. except for then Jimmy Iovine gave him that cassette that was Eminem. Eminem and brought him up. Did Once again, Detroit again. Detroit. Oh, yeah, Eminem. Did you uh, did you see that documentary um, that they just put out uh, with Dre and Jimmy Iovine? Yeah, and I was kind of pissed about it. Because you weren't in it? Well, here's what it... No, I am in it. Are you in it? when they played the music... Oh, yeah, yeah. You're in it. Okay. Excuse me. Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> my bad. My bad. Yeah. And that's where I'm pissed at. Because you can get this guy all the credit of producing that shit, mm-hmm. but he ain't played not one note. Can you get the musicians a little credit? Can I you say, Dre, damn, you played a hell of a bass line on Jenny Juice. <laughs> How did you do that? He'd have been like, oh, no, I didn't play bass. Yeah, was, that was Tony Green. And he... Uh, and Dre, he... I mean, he can play a little bit. No, right? no, no, he can't play at all. He make them drum beats though. Oh yeah, those he's a motherfucker. Yeah. He know how to make a dance beat. He yeah. know how to make you dance. Right, right. But after that is T Green. What you hear? He ain't never said, "Hey, can you play um, do 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 do?" No, he was like, "What you hear, man?" Then yeah. I'm like, "Room." Right. Because if you ask me to play do 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 do, you missing out on a bunch. <laughs> you're not getting the yeah, full you're not experience. Getting what I might want to give you. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, um, what? I, speaking of Eminem, have you seen that new uh, that video he just released, uh, smashing Trump's head into a yeah, wall? Yeah, yeah. What's it. your take on? I that? mean, he's you know Eminem is Eminem, man. He's good. You know, he's a motherfucker. But I didn't think that was as best shit as I've seen him do. Man. No, he's he's way better than that. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of yeah. That wasn't really. I felt like the same way. I mean, just on the flow, yeah. like because the message Cause was it there. Was like, like he was, 
it's almost like, well, you know what happens? You get too rich, you can't do this shit no more. <laughs> it just stops. Yeah. That motherfucker's album, two albums, well, diamond. Yeah, he's not he's not thirsty anymore. He's not, yeah, you know, he's not. His baby not, is rich. His yeah. daughter is little Haley. Right. Haley is yeah, rich. doing fine. Yeah. He's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all of a sudden it's hard because I, I saw him kind of seem like he was struggling with it a little. Yeah, it almost was like a freestyle. I think it was it a freestyle. It was a freestyle, it was but freestyle. even then, right. he used to be a lot smoother right. freestyle. Yeah, I've seen. When I he was, was in young. the Eight Mile movie. Were you? Yeah, musically or personally? No, as a person. Oh, as nice. an extra. Oh, nice. I wanted to see what it was like to do an extra. Oh, okay. and then they took my whole. I had a whole stable of rappers, uh-huh. and they were like, "Well, we can use your other artists if you want to bring them." And I was like, "Damn, man, all of us can get a check, yeah, a little check, and <laughs> be yeah. there." And one of my rappers actually rapped against Eminem in a battle. Oh, in one of the battles that oh, didn't nice. make the movie, oh, okay. but it made the DVD. Oh, okay, cool. So it's the unseen battle. And who's that? And uh, his name was DeWizza. DeWizza? Yeah. He's not rapping anymore, or what? Yeah, he's still rapping. Yeah. Yeah, he's still rapping, but he uh, he, he signs to you know here I have been taking care of this guy. You know, as long as I'm spending my money, it's okay. Now he gets an opportunity, and instead he just. Took the contract and signed it right quick. Like, uh, and then yeah. I was like, Wizzle, what happened? He's like, Well, I read it. I'm like, Wizzle, you can't even fucking read. <laughs> I read it. How you gonna just read a four page contract on the spot and sign it? And what he did, he signed his rights away. Mm. Whereas other people still getting paid. Right. He took a one time fee. Mm. Oh, shit. So he's not even getting anything off the back end or anything. Okay. Oh. Damn, that's that's rough. But that's what happens when you just when you jump just in say shit. fuck people that, that that had you going. I could have yeah. been like, let's get this to, to the lawyer. Yeah, make sure it's straight. And yeah, I'm gonna cut my little piece in it because I'm the reason why you even in this bitch. Right, right. So he, he was the high, he was the one that didn't want to show up. All the other guys was like, oh, T, hell yeah. Well, he didn't want to do it. I told him, look, I ain't paying that motherfucking next month's rent if your ass don't show up. <laughs> and so he showed up. And, so I got the biggest part. Damn, man, that that's uh, have you have you had that um happen in the past? Other than that, like where where you where you kind of build an artist, you kind of like all the time, bro. It, really? That's, yeah, that's a that's, that's a, how it goes, especially man. with rappers. Yeah, because they always feel like you ain't doing enough. Yeah, yeah. you know, and then you get a couple loyal ones, but for the most part, there's no loyalty in it, and you don't really care. I just do this, the music we did together. It's still my music. Yeah. I just take your fucking voice off and put another rapper on there. <laughs> Throw someone else. Yeah. On you know, music is recyclable. Right. On. So when you're when you're uh, starting on like a beat or a song, where do you usually start? I mean, it, well, it starts with the bass for me. You always start with the bass. Always. Always. That's all I play. Yeah. So when I pick up my bass and I I make up a groove right mm-hmm. quick, then it's easy to put a drum beat to that. Yeah. But so, a drum beat is just a drum beat. Now, when I put a bass on it, now it's a song. Yeah, I agree. Because there's that. no melody until I put a bass right, on it. It's right. just a drum beat. So Dre, you know, doing all that, he was making some good drum beats, but you know, he didn't make up the motherfucking bass lines or the guitars right, or the keyboards. Right. You know. Okay. So we got a thing called Omitted. We the Omitted ones. Ah. And uh, we're gonna do a documentary. And it's gonna show like the credit and all the songs played, and it's like why these guys don't ever get mentioned. Right. Well, I, I mean, Dre was cool with us all. He just, I think, what happens is you in the limelight, basking in it all by yourself, and yeah. you don't think about nobody else. Yeah, it kind of just slips through the cracks of right. the bright lights and mm-hmm. pretty girls. Right. Um, and billion dollar deals. <laughs> and billion dollar deals. He oh, ain't the same Dre when I met him. 
No, sir. He was basically kind of dressed. You know, he wasn't yeah. no fancy outfits, no nothing. He didn't really have shit yet. Yeah. But he had a hot record out. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and he had a bunch of records before that because that whole NWA. See, yeah. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. All I know is I was with a guy that was pretty normal. Yeah. He didn't have big flashy diamonds on or nothing. Mm. And then one day, all of a sudden, he had diamonds on and shit. <laughs> I was like, ah, little royalties came it in, Andre. It happened. So, yeah. so were you doing pretty good during the death row? Like, I doing mean, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, a, it was a living. I was able to take care and send money home and live good, dress nice, eat good. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, I could have did more, man, but Suge always put a stop to me doing anything huge it's like he ain't from la he from detroit and uh and my thing was this i brought george clinton the dramatics yeah all of the musicians that made that shit pop for yeah. snoop damn that ain't enough to yeah that's let it, me get a little piece that's that's so weird like especially it, because i knew about you because of just shout outs because it's not really it's not like you have a lot of credits under the song you know like when you're looking at a song but you are like shouted out and things so i remember as a kid just reading the thanks to you know t money green or yeah, yeah, yeah. and you i i had no idea what you even did yeah and then it, once you get older and you start looking into shit yeah, and you, you start, start hearing it yeah because you know you nerd out when you're a musician like right. you want to know everything about an artist right and stuff. so you yeah. know it's, that's how i kind of and i appreciate people for wanting to know too because well like i think I it's said, important. otherwise you just get the dre story right there's a million stories that i have right that you know dre don't have yeah you well, know what i mean it's, and it's the same story like i would be reminding him like Dre, you remember that time? You know that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I know he would probably enjoy that too, man. I'm just trying to see why, it, why people don't, you know, maybe reach back out and and say hello. Right. I think it'll happen, but like I said, even if it didn't, we did a lot of music together. Right. And nothing's gonna take that. You away. can't scratch me off the record. No, you certainly cannot. That's my that's my that's slogan. That's history, man. Yeah. That's history. You we can't can... scratch me off. Well, the record. yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like that's important that people know what's all involved because it's not just one person right at, you know doing all the work right it's, right you know, there's no. an entire that's team behind it yeah. and and um that's why i pr i tend to um when i talk to people i tend to gravitate towards the backing bands because mm -hmm. i feel like that's where a lot of the work's being done you know yeah, like we're the ones really working exactly. we're the ones doing the work because like, yeah. i'm not a front person either i'm a back you know i, I play keys or guitar you know yeah. like i'm in the background now i'm fine with that right. but like when i work on studio sessions or if i'm doing something like i do want that credit because yeah. i i think i, well, I end up so starting much. to get the credit on a lot of the stuff but then it's still a lot that i didn't so so in regards to credit did you have to actually go and start like pressing like start with lawyers and shit or no or we just they uh, i was like damn dre i'm gonna send this in with the credits man and he's like oh okay t you know they just didn't know nothing about it at first <laughs> oh, you know? okay so they just were it was the oblivious yeah, it wasn't no big deal like yeah it's like okay go yeah ahead. right go get you yours know, when snoop when i had him uh when he said, when I told him I was did the dramatics, oh, he was he would play the dramatics all the time, mm. and I didn't want to tell him I was with them because I didn't want him thinking I was old. But <laughs> okay. that was his favorite group. Oh, and, uh, and he would always get out the car and say, he'd always get out the car and say, "You don't know nothing about this, T Green." That's what he, <laughs> yeah. how he would always you say. You don't know it. Yeah, and I just would say, "All right, all right." Well, like, it. who's playing bass on yeah, there right and, now? And one day he said that shit on one of my songs. He pulled oh, okay. up playing. 
And I was like, hold on, Snoop, where the cover at, man? You got the cover? And he said, yeah, and I showed him the credit. Right. And it said, R, it said R Banks, R Johnson, T Green. And he was like, this is you, T Green? I said, yeah, man. He said, you could call the dramatics? I said, I can call the dramatics right now. <laughs> That's dope. The rest was history. Yeah. And, and we then did that, that doggy mean, dog world. That doggy dog world. So I'm like, to me, all of the one to kill a brother should have been over. I, it was obvious I was a team player. Yeah. I was never sneaking and doing nothing. Right. But motherfuckers started blaming people. Like Daz. Here's it, like Daz. Uh, I heard him on a couple interviews say, yeah, man, I would I would substitute uh Reels Cause Suge wasn't paying So he would substitute Reels oh, And take his reel with Tupac Oh Home Oh You know And yeah. he said that in the interview Now my thing is Is a few times They said it was missing reels And wanted to kill me for it Like I was I'm like I didn't have none of it Cause I had some reels Yeah But I had my own fucking reels I've been right. in the shit yeah. See the thing is When I got with Death Row I didn't tell them that I had gold records and shit already. Oh, uh, okay. So I came in humble, mm -hmm. needing a job. Right. And out of it grew. I mean, me and Dre hit it off. We taking pictures. We on we on MTV Live. We on, yeah. you know, uh, Fab Five Freddy is here, <laughs> you know, with uh, M Yo MTV Raps. Yo MTV Raps. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm an old guy. And then I could cook on the grill. And I really can't cook, but none of them could cook. So <laughs> the little bit I could cook was way better. <laughs> so I just would have just be grilling it, you know, and it was really, really enjoying, you know, life. But then it was always like, um, so I had a group, some twin girls, mm -hmm. and and another guy named Lord G that I put on the um, Above the Rim soundtrack. Okay. But Dre gave us permission to use, because back then Death Row might have six studios booked. And nobody in but two of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. wasting money. Right, like. right. That's a huge. So movie. Dre was like, "Well, yeah, just go ahead and take that studio over there, Skip Sailors, and uh, and see what they let's see what they sound like." T. Okay. So I had permission to cut songs on these people. Oh, that's dope. And let Dre hear them. And then if he wasn't interested, he wasn't interested. Right. But it turned out we were doing something for Arsenio Hall, a rehearsal. Uh huh. And I saw. I was rehearsing the band on stage because we're getting ready to do Arsenio. Yeah. And Arsenio's people are coming in to see what the show is going to be like. Yeah, yeah. So I'm rehearsing like a motherfucker. And then I see people coming in. I see Suge and them come through the door looking at me like I seen them look at people that later be broken half. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard playing bass when you had a shit all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the song had to end, even though I didn't want it to. Right. I wanted to do the disco version, like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I had to end the song, and then I tried to start a new song, and they was like, T. Green, come here, man. Suge want to holler at you. I was like, yeah, okay. So, you know, nervous in the motherfucker. So I walked in. He was like, so... What them bitches doing up here at this rehearsal? And I was like, oh, that's my artist, man. I, I ain't got them back here with the rehearsal. I got them sitting up front. He was like, yeah, but uh, they say you taking them to Arista. I said, well, that's because my friend got a label at Arista, and he, he's going to give me a little deal with them, and, you know, because they ain't nowhere near good enough to be on death row. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, but they done been in death row studio. I said, well, Dre told me I could use the, to see what they sound like. He was like, well, how am I going to get my money back for that? 
okay. You know, just to yeah. make some shit. Yeah. Then him and a motherfucking security that look like he just would love to stomp you in the ground. Ugh. Yeah. So I'm like, man, listen, bro. They ain't, they wasn't shit, and I wasn't thinking about bringing them to death row. And he was like, well, how am I going to get my money back for the time that was there? And at the time, I had this gold bracelet on that I finally started being able to buy some jewelry because yeah. I'm with the hottest shit on yeah. on earth right now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm playing bass like a motherfucker and singing on a bunch of shit. Hell yeah. And I'm feeling like, damn, I'm doing what I should do to, yeah. to earn my shit. His motherfucking bodyguard snatched the bracelet off. Damn. And I was like, damn, Suge, I got this bracelet from being able to work with y'all, man. I said, this is some exciting, this is, means the world to me with this shit, man. Yeah. He was like, look, any, he was like, any act you got that you want to do something with, you bring them to me and let, and first before you see anybody. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then he was like, if you need some money, you want that extra money, you can come to the office on Thursday and I'll give it to you or Friday. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, man, that's the bomb. I was going to give me like 25000 you know? Yeah. Because what happens, you make money, but you still start getting behind because you're doing more things with the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You got it's not enough. marketing. Yeah, it's yeah. not enough now because mm-hmm. you, you're promoting yourself by looking good. Yeah. Or driving decent. You know I what I mean? I got you. I got you. So, uh, you know, I was like, and then I was like, but my bracelet. And then Shook said, oh, yeah, give him his bracelet back, man. Said it to the guy, right? Yeah. And the guy was like, fuck that nigga. And I knew right then they was going to try to put me in a cat and mouse game. Well, Suge said, give it to me. Yeah. I was like, man, fuck that bracelet, bro. I was like, damn, I bought it because I thought, you know, that it was that time that I could reward myself with some shit because I'm doing all of this shit around here. Right. So the guy just left with the bracelet. I bought two more bracelets after that. <laughs> but, but they couldn't. I, yeah. I know they wanted to beat me up. Like, just for the hell of it. Yeah. Just for, you know, to keep a nigga in check mm. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. They want to beat your ass. But because Arsenio Hall was there with about 20 white people. Yeah. Because his show was all basically, you know, all yeah, yeah, yeah. his directors and mm-hmm. agents and all of that is, is all there. And they all white. Yeah. So it would have been kind of fucked up to bring the bass, your band leader in, fucked up. Yeah. Saying he failed. <sighs> Jesus. Be like, what happened to you, T. Green? I, I failed. I fell. <laughs> like a beaten woman. Yeah, you know, you beat the shit out. Oh I my failed. God. <laughs> I ran into a door. They be like, well, damn, the way you beat up, you must have fell down steps. Right. She be like, no, I just fell right here. Fell off a house. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, where'd you fall off of? <laughs> Somebody's knuckles. Right now. So, yeah, it was a little rough. It was a little scary. Yeah. But at the same time, I was able to get out of there. Unscathed, still make a mark. Yeah, and open the door for me on a bunch of shit because people know I, you know, right. That's me that did it, and I came back still putting out records of my own. So, so you nothing stopped. So you, you, you just were like, I'm done with L.A. I, I can't take yeah, it. Yeah, let me or go home. You didn't want to be there anymore. Well, or you just wanted to no, go. No, I still because I was sneaking there because I was still doing all the Warren. Oh, okay. Even after because I told you I stopped Death Row in '95. Yeah. But I did from '95 to '98 with Warren. Oh yeah, yeah. And we went overseas a couple times. Oh, okay. Nice. And uh, any gig he had, I played. But I had protection with Warren. Oh. Because okay. his uncle was a bad motherfucker and he wasn't letting none of us get beat up. Oh, right on. 
And so I was, and it came close. Yeah. Hey man, we was doing the Billboard Music Awards, right? Uh-huh. Warren G and Nate Dogg. Okay. Well, Nate Dogg was with Death Row. Warren G was with Def Jam. Okay. Cause you- so now it's a beef, like, so you can hear all down the hall, like, pushing and shoving. I'm like, oh, shit, they going to get yeah. to the room. Yeah. Sugar, they're going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> but before you know it, we on stage, and I'm like, "Damn, well, I can't get got in front of these eighty thousand people." Right, right. So once again, I wanted the song to be long as hell, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was again. pretty much protected. And I mean, I just couldn't understand why, you know, want to fuck with me. And I think it was just because it was a scapegoat. Yeah. But I got a lot of friends too. Yeah, I could have called in people and got some people fucked up and all of that too. Right. I wasn't just, you know, like I said, I had been in this shit. I had all kind of friends. That appreciate where I came from from high school. Yeah, that would do something for a motherfucker, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just because it's like, damn, what? That's T from the hood, seven <laughs> mile, nigga. That's my nigga. You know, yeah. you got friends like that, right, right. But I wasn't even trying to, you know, uh, deal with that whole vibe. I just wanted to make music. I knew about drugs and music. I didn't know about violence and music. Yeah, well, you know, because like I was actually gonna ask you because I know like. <clears throat> just seeing like all the documentaries of all the older acts who are like doing especially doing the chitlin circuit right. that like in the early days of motown even that everybody carried pistols right. and so i was actually going to ask you but uh, i i guess i just forgot but it, that wasn't the vibe when you joined the dramatics right like that no, that no. that era was over yeah i mean i know the yeah. chilling circuit was over but i'm saying like um well they got in a couple fights with a couple promoters but nothing like right not pulling guns yeah no nah, well it might have been a gun pull, but <laughs> he's like maybe a gun. yeah it might have been, but not on no regular basis though right right but not to shoot yeah these kids shoot you now you know yeah that's a different yeah a promoter might be like get back motherfucker right right you know, yeah. don't shoot you, but just, you know, even pull the gun. Yeah. Now you're going to leave, you know. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I was curious about Tupac. It was like, because I know you have credits for Tupac. What songs did you do with tu- Tupac? You know, I couldn't really even tell you other than California Love. Oh, okay. Well, because, shit, that's like the Well, song. here's what it was. It wasn't Tupac's at first. It was just a song we did with Dre. Uh-huh. It was going to be another one of them Snoop possibilities. Got you. But so... I played the shit on it, but by the time he redid it, he got my bass thinned out and got different sound, you know, but I'm still on it, though. But I'm on several songs because people tell me I'm on them, (laughs) and then I hear them, and, you know, people know my vibe, man. It's like, it's kind of, like I said, you know Motown. When you hear Motown, you know that bass player. Right. Well, when you hear hip-hop, and you hear that bass, that particular one bass right. that's smooth, for sure. playing some shit. Then you're like, laid back. I bet you that's T Green. It's funny. It's the West Coast yeah. vibe that yeah, but was it's Detroit. Built Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The West Coast vibe is and the beat goes on. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what the West Coast is. <laughs> um, so, so would, would, did you ever uh, meet Tupac or ever hang out with Tupac at all? No, no. Um, he came. I had made my exit. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Right yeah, before yeah. that. Okay. Um, but I was hating him. I was I was hating on him, real bad until I seen the movie. Oh, the movie that just came out. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I was always like, man, fuck. He he wouldn't have had shit if he didn't come over here, and yeah, he wasn't shit until he blew up on Death Row. But then I see the movie and see he had two platinum albums already. Right. Coming yeah. into Death Row. Right. Right. And uh, you know, I just had a lot more respect for him. I was just blind and dumb to what his thing. I just didn't like the attitude. But uh, once I seen that if you got to take care of a crackhead mama, 
that yeah. might give you a reason to have a fucked up attitude. Right. Yeah, especially coming So I stopped hating background. after that point. Yeah. Because my mama just spoiled. So if she was a crackhead too, I'd be really fucked up. <laughs> right. Right. You know. Yeah. So so when you got back into Detroit, your hometown hero, and, and, and you've just been here since? since yeah. Like the, like yeah, but I still try. I've been, you know, I go to California. I sneak into Cali. Yeah. And it ain't, when I say sneak in, it's just that I don't make a lot of noise. I, yeah. I go in and play sessions yeah. and put bass on for people all the time. No, oh, no that's dope. Game. Yeah. Do you, Cali is like home for me. I mean, I know, I know it like the back of my hand. So that's, that's I just get off the plane, get a car, zoom on where I got to go. Okay. Put my shit on. So, you know, you, hang so out. you're still a world traveler. Oh yeah, you yeah. Just called Detroit I just stopped home, traveling a lot because yeah. I traveled so much. Right. And I just don't really trust it. I just mm-hmm. don't trust the world. I mean, no, I, look I, what I, happened. You go to a concert in France and blow up. Just I just fucking I just Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. So, yeah. so you know, I, I figure I figure this, bro. From 17 to 50. I travel. That's enough, right? That's enough. That's man. enough. <laughs> you did your you did your time. That's like sex, man. <laughs> From seventeen to fifty, it's like yeah. man, three kids later, you were like, man, there's nothing left. What the fuck? <laughs> Try sex for what? Right, right. So, so you've been um, so you're um, so how since you've been back to Detroit, how have you seen the music scene here change? Because I know that at certain times Detroit's been on top of everything, and then than a lot i mean because when i was coming up in toledo i would come to detroit like i was i'd never look forward to playing in detroit yeah. <laughs> yeah but that was like you know right. what early 2000s right you know i so i don't really know it like well you, detroit is definitely a new it's a new detroit now yeah well um whereas for a minute it was a fucking ghost town yeah and nobody wanted to fuck around here yeah. you know uh i've always still found talent even in the, the worst of times in this motherfucker. Well, that's when you find the best talent, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, In the most downtrodden times, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. best talent emerges. Yeah. And then, you know, I feel bad because I'm like, man, you should have got a break. I look at some people and be like, man, they should have got a break. Yeah. But who's to say who should have got a break? Right. Yeah. It's like it's so hard to tell what, uh, yeah. what works and what doesn't. Right. You just go by, I like you. I think you're good. Let's try something. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Out of that death row shit, I got a chance to put bass on some shit for Ice Cube. Oh, okay. DJ Quick. All right. Um, um, Bone, Bone I saw Thugs Bone. Yeah. Bone. Yeah, because the producer, his name was uh, Blunt. Okay. He produced a few songs on Lazy Bones. And the okay. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, my bass is out there. Yeah, you, you're getting around. Yeah. And, and so, are you still, um, are you still working um, with, like, the, like, more well-known acts i mean as you still still like uh like george clinton or something well i probably could but george ain't really cut nothing that's yeah you know his cutting days is over yeah he's just doing yeah him, i huh? mean he might as well just keep we want the funk <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean right you cut a record ain't nobody gonna buy it yeah and that's actually another thing i was gonna ask you how did you um what was the when when everything kind of switched over to the, the digital age and you and like you know record sales weren't really there anymore right. were you directly affected or did, did you feel that oh or? yeah for sure for sure but luckily i was with ascap and they jumped on shit early yeah but i'm still affected by it i, I know i've probably been uh cheated out of a couple million dollars easy well i mean like because 
I mean, someone could stream gin and juice fucking a billion times, and you get right. what, like twenty five yeah, cents yeah, for right. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Which is which is crazy, and you know, there's a lot of people who say that um, the way it's set up now makes it easier for the up and coming acts, but for people who are established or yeah, people who are living house. off of ro- royalties, yeah, it's even house. yeah, yeah, like especially from the old old right. the old way of yeah, doing yeah. business. Yeah. Um, what? trying to think of how to form this question and i'm i'm just gonna skip it <laughs> because i don't okay. know how to ask it um what was it a dramatic shift did you notice like a dramatic shift when like with the checks and stuff yeah pretty much yeah because and, and you're still receiving checks from all those songs stuff. yeah 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 okay and then the things is they dwindle down uh-huh. or you might get lucky and all of a sudden one then spiked to 500 or you know maybe a thousand dollars yeah but for the most part you can't really like live off of it. You know? Oh, okay. So. But but I've learned how not to need nothing. Mm-hmm. I got everything I need. Yeah. So don't as long as you don't need nothing else, then right. I, I can I can float in amongst my means. Yeah. And and I got a hot ass band and we work we play. Yeah. And we do some shows. How often uh, do you work around town? Uh, we we show up we show up a lot of the festivals and shit downtown. Okay. Yeah, when I come in, I'm coming in to kick ass. They know who I am. <laughs> they be scared when I come in because I be mad that they don't use us more, and then I really kick ass. Yeah. You know, and it's a way to see a guy that really done done some shit. So yeah. Who, who's a who's an act that you're working with right now that you're that that you're really excited about i got six acts that's coming out okay. um uh b def is one b def is a dope ass mc from back in the from back in the day uh i think like scarface and all them stole his shit oh stole his he's style. a detroit yeah and he's a motherfucker i got a dope album on him uh these two kids from Bal- uh, from buffalo uh fire and ice and king richie rich from uh, Buffalo, New York. They're from Buffalo, New York. Oh, okay. I had their dad back in the day, and they rapping, and I was like, I have to help them because they dope as hell, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got them, uh, B Def. I got um, my band, Roadwork. I'm dropping a song from that. Okay. And um, we dropping songs from uh, who else we dropping on, uh, Davis? Oh, Dope Ryan Villains. Uh-huh. Now, that's really now the, the radio show I was just at. Uh-huh. Dope, uh, the guy who owns that, I didn't even know he rapped. One day he was rapping, and I was like, damn, you can rap? <laughs> so together we put a, I, I produced a dope-ass project on him. Uh-huh. And the music sound great, man. I mean, yeah. it's some big-ass music, man. Nice. I come in here and be blasting shit out. I got some <laughs> dope music, man. Yeah, and so, so like, and you, you said you got 1,500 songs, yeah. and you just... You just sitting on that, just waiting to well, sort of like release it with we've been, we've been releasing a lot of stuff quietly and slowly, but all it takes is one song to make all of them a hit. Hell yeah. So you just, you know, just spread them out a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, stay famous. As long as I stay current, Yeah. I'm always winning the Detroit Music Awards. That's those. I see that. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and it's kind of hard to win those because the, the uh it's thick competition yeah i can imagine but uh it's nice that event this red carpet oh okay and we show up sharp as fuck hey hell you yeah got man to, you know hell yeah like i'll be sharp as hell it take me it take me two months to figure out what the fuck to wear man <laughs> <laughs> hey man 
Well, I think it was Charles Mingus. He said, always dress to impress. Yeah. Like, you want to, you know. For I, sure. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. Hey, you're going to plug in in a second. He's still there? All right. You got yeah. something to do? No. Uh, oh. My daughter's a uh, band. Oh. That was bass player. He wanted to plug in over here. Oh, okay. And I let him, you know, let him uh, play around. But no, I, I wanted to get the interview. Oh, okay, right. Get the interview out. But we got a lot of shit to talk about. Yeah, man. We can always talk, too. But yeah, man, um, now... With the streaming and all that, it just makes, like, I, so I got a distribution deal with Sony. Okay, cool. So, um, and it's a small division of Sony. Sony started a, a smaller label just to see, like, if you if you start popping up really good in there, mm-hmm. they'll come swoop down and right, right, take right. you to the big house. Yeah. You know, so that's good enough for me. Yeah. So I'm going to drop six things, whatever sticks. Yeah. And then it'll be six more things, because we got tons of music. Hell Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that's what it's about, there, man. That, that I mean, I, I find it interesting that you the that you have this big collection of music, and that, so like, what's your um, like, um, how are you marketing these songs and stuff? Well, like that? we're not marketing yet. That's my son and my daughter and I are here. Okay. And I'm and I'm asking them to step up and do that. Got you, because because I did it. I yeah. made the music. I can't do everything. <laughs> no, bro. I, agree. I agree. I mean, at this age, I'm like burnt now, but it's theirs. Right. Instead, because I didn't have anything. Like I said, my parents didn't have shit to start me off with. Right. They get to start off with master recordings, yeah. existing royalties, and everything like that. I Hell mean, yeah. I, I think I did great. Fuck yeah, you paved a great uh, foundation. For, right, and out of it, I got people. some smart. I got three smart kids, and uh, these two right here. My daughter is always singing on songs, mm. you know, and my son is starting to find songs that I haven't been paid on. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, he's searching and finding stuff, so I'm really appreciating that. That's huge. You know, having him around. Yeah. Are, are you? Uh, are you? Are you pretty savvy with technology, or you no? Pretty- but I can. I keep up with my shit. Right. I mean, and you I have Facebook my, pages. I keep and my shit. Facebook page yeah. hilarious or <laughs> promoting just me. Right. You know what I mean? That's why right. I promote on it because it's only I only got one page. You know, people be liking to get on your page like Right. Now, um I asked this from most of my guests, just uh, especially the musicians, is there weak um um is there weaknesses or a deficit in your playing that you're working on um currently or something that you've overcome in the past? Um like with your playing wise well at this point with me i've done what i've done i mean you know what i, I know. mean i don't I, I question even putting that in i know because, but yeah cause because you have such a a wide catalog yeah, and you've so done your like, thing yeah it's like but, perfecting it for what i mean sure what, try what, what about that what? jazz career in 20 years nah, you guys ain't gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> no sir. Yeah, I've heard the fuck out, bro. <laughs> I feel you. So, um, you know, with uh, being so close to Motown, uh, well, we are in Motown. I don't know why I said so close. Yeah. But you actually being close in that, in, in that w- did you have uh, experiences with any of the Motown stars of the 60s? Well, we chased the, uh, the Jackson 5 down the airport tearing their clothes and shit off. <laughs> You know, back then the radio would be, "Hey, boys and girls, the Jackson Five are coming in the Metro Airport. Yeah. Go see your favorite Jackson." And then when they come off the plane, back then you could reach them. You know, yeah, yeah. Now security's a bit, right, right. but back then you could damn near go out there and wait. And as soon as they hit the fucking floor, <laughs> we chase their asses out. Girls is tearing their hair and shit. <laughs> and then I seen uh, one of the Temptations 
live in the store one day, and I looked way up to him, Paul Williams, and I was like, damn, that's a temptation. And then right down the street from me, Marvin Gaye lived on the corner. Oh, no shit. So he used to throw the football to us all the time oh, back no then. Oh, no shit. Before he was Marvin Gaye? Or no, while he was while Marvin Gaye. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did the What's Going On album while okay. he was over there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's yeah. Like the album. Yeah, yeah. Marvin was really cool, man. He had a little son that my brother and them used to babysit, little Marvin. Yeah. Uh, back then, little Marvin's little guy running around and shit all crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So we were right in the thick of the Motown era. Yeah. And all the songs, all you would hear is Motown all day. Yeah. So I always just wanted to be a record label like that. Mm. And it changed because there's no radio don't cooperate with you right. no more or nothing. But what I do like is that it's a whole new medium with the, with the internet. The internet. So yeah. you just got to grab you a few million that way. Yeah, for sure, man. Which ain't so bad. No, not at all. Which is easier because I, back in the day, we used to have to go down to Chitlin Circuit all of down Mississippi, uh -huh. all around, and to shit. You know, now yeah. you can just do that shit with your phone. Oh, with your phone, yeah. You get you get your fan base. Yeah, yeah. And then so, you build. yeah. How long you been doing the radio show? Uh, about six years. Six yeah, years, close to seven years. Wow. And, yeah. Um, and it's always been internet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tapdetroit.com. And he's got a big following. That's amazing. And it's like seven, eight, ten different shows on there. Okay. Uh, Medical Mondays is a motherfucker because they had this whole room. Oh. I mean, they had the whole hallway smoked down. <laughs> Medical Mondays. Yeah, I Medical like Mondays are all about the meds and stuff. Hell yeah. And uh, so we got the uh, 5XL large in charge. Uh, when we talk about weed and stuff, my partner is a activist. Oh, okay. And then I talk music, and I I have a musical guest every now and then that I'm interviewing. Oh, okay. So it works out pretty good. I only did that to have a way to play all my music. <laughs> Hell yeah! So get it out. Thirty there. minutes before we come on, uh -huh. you hearing thirty minutes of the vault. Oh, really? Yeah. And the vault is your collection, yeah, of, music. collection of music. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, how do I let people hear it? Yeah, that's smart, actually. Yeah. It's like a, just a way to promote yourself yeah, even yeah, more. Yeah, 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 that's, that's awesome, yeah. man. And so you with the radio show, like, what's kind of the format of it? Um, you have music at the beginning. and then Yeah, I have music at the beginning. And then we talk, talk, we talk, talk about different things. And then uh, come back to some more music. Mm. And then Richard talk. Richard be wanting to get his every last little dime out of it. <laughs> he want to talk to the last minute. But, uh, and it's good though. These it's things right. are addicting. These microphones yeah, yeah, are yeah, addicting because yeah, yeah. you just want to keep yeah, blathering, you just keep talking and talking and talking. So, <laughs> which is yeah, it's, but it's uh, yeah, man, we've been doing that a while, man. I'm enjoying. I enjoy that. Yeah, and and you said you've been in this building a year and a half for a year and a half, and and just so I can give the people listening an, an idea of where I'm at. I'm in Detroit. What part of town is this? This is the. Um, hmm. Maybe the southeast part of town. Southeast. But this is the building that's called the Russell. The Russell. Russell Industrial. Okay. And it's an old building, like from 1928. Yeah. It's and it used to do a lot of automotive shit back in the day. Yeah, that's what it seemed like a big... And then Leona Hemsley, oh. the lady who owned, you remember the hotels and shit? Yeah. She owned a part of this back in the day. Oh, okay. Too. So it's just got some famous shit and a lot of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and us <laughs> and you guys here to entertain the girls. yeah yeah I, I mean you know i'm cool with ghost shit yeah they really liked me because i came this room somebody had it they had a lot of bad things going on in it so it took me for it took me a long time to get a bunch of demons out of here 
but now I got it nice and cool and yeah. like I like it. Yeah. Yeah, but well, it's a great vibe. Yeah, man. that's it's what a I great mean. Vibe. It, it used to be a bunch of heroin and shit yeah. going on in the air, and right, you know, just a lot of nasty shit going on. Right, right. So, but you see, the vibe now is is how I wanted it. Uh, how long was uh, this? When when did they decide to start trying to like turn it into like an artist like office building? This had like, been like this for a long time. Oh, okay. Long, I'm new. Like I said, right. I'm here a year and a half. The radio show, he'd been here nine years. Oh, okay. And there was people here 25 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, so before, they, okay. before they told everybody to get the fuck out. <laughs> because, like I said, everybody was doing their own thing. Yeah. Without the code and shit like that. Right. But then uh, the city felt sorry because there was so many people going on, the, you know, losing. I mean, that was. Right. Well, this is an artist. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a, people actually. It's an art building. Floors, yeah. Plan, you know, so um, they said, okay, well, you can stay here. But they had to make the, they had to make the. Um, the repairs because mm-hmm. yeah. they didn't have fire alarms they didn't have <laughs> they didn't have shit in here yeah but what happened is you know the one burned down in oakland oh okay remember the one the ghost ship it was called a ghost ship no and it's the same kind of this uh-huh. but you know in oakland it's gonna be wood yeah and stucco yeah, yeah. Well, this is detroit bricks bricks yep. like ain't this room ain't burning up <laughs> you know what i mean right so but it burned to the ground and killed 68 people that was living there. Oh, shit. You ain't supposed to be living in these places. Right. So it just made it made them more aware of what was going on. And, and now now won't nobody be living in here. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to live in here. I just come in and do my shit and get the fuck on. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Um, so I, we're getting ready to wrap up here. I just was just, I'm just still curious on like what your uh, view of how the music in the last like let's just say in the last tw- let's see this is 2017 in the last 17 years since you've been here like how have you seen the shift go like with the well, music well there's way more whack music now <laughs> when we were doing it at death row it was it, really musicianship well I'm, I'm saying like in detroit well in detroit you got a lot of people that's following trends that they see on tv you mm. know yeah so like a lot of trap music was losing, yeah it was almost losing their identity Got we it. don't have to do that. We got right. a special vibe that we should just stick with. But a lot of people just want to get money. Uh-huh. If you want to just get the money real quick, then go ahead. Yeah. But if you really want to be part of the Motown sound and part of the Motown legacy, uh-huh. you know, let's just keep it real with the music, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just come up with original stuff. Come up with real, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, this city has, I mean, like, almost single-handedly as a city, has created an entire sound. Yeah, like, so, yeah, we got to keep that out there. So I'm doing my job of it, like I said, 1,500 <laughs> tracks later, he's, and I'm always recording. He's doing his job. You guys pick up your slack. I'm always recording, always recording. Right on, man. Well, that, I mean... I think we covered a lot. Is, right. there, is there any websites or anything um, you want to promote? Well, you know, you can catch me on um, uh, Instagram at uh, Tony Green 731 at mm. Gmail. That's my Instagram title. Uh, on Facebook, I think it's Edward Tony Green. Uh, um, even if you need to know more, there's uh, uh, Wikipedia, Edward Tony Green. Oh, I don't know where that came from, but, you know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but other than that, if you just need to reach me, uh, you'll find that if you do like my man did here, 
Just dig a little bit and you'll get me. Oh yeah, just that. So, yeah, just Google around a little bit. Yeah, hey, uh, just do a little bit. You'll find Mr. Green and and, uh, I'm, and I'm touchable. So and he, he'll answer the phone. Yeah, let's do it. I would yeah. like to be what I what I call. I was gonna like I'll just send him an email. But then I saw your phone. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Uh, yeah, I was kind of just because I was nervous. Cause like, oh, man. So, I, ain't I was no like, fuck that. I'm not going to be a pussy. I'm going to call him like gonna, a goddamn man. <laughs> yeah, man. I believe in shit like everybody else. Hey, so man. I'm glad you did, man. Well, I'm, me I'm too, glad. man. This was. Um, this and you got to uh, come back and cover some of the music. I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably dumb. play a couple songs, but I love the music is uh, a beast, man. I'll play, I play something for you. I love, love to hear. You can hear something. But. Um, Hell yeah, man! So is there is there any um, is there any um, songs that is out there now that we could play on the show? Um, well, you can play anything on the show that's out yeah. there. I got a lot of. If you go to, uh, I don't know who is that Reverb Nation. Oh, okay, it has some yeah, cuts. some T Money Green. Okay, I'll grab Nation. something off. Of and that. I got that G Funk review too. What's a, what's a, what's I a? I think it's Road Work. Road Work. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna make a note of that because. Um, I can go on there and grab a song and put right, it on here. Right. So what? What's a song that we should play off of that page? I'll play anyone. Just listen to it and see. Okay. okay, we're gonna play that and then we'll be right back. There you go. <laughs> Every time I see you and your girl, she's staring at me straight in my eyes. I'm alone with her, she's telling me you ain't treating her right Treating her right She's coming on to me, telling me she needs a little attention Yeah So all I can do is tell you the truth And let you make a decision Cause I don't really know you I'm taking your girls Not careful Your girl's coming home to me If you're not careful I'ma have her in my bed Saying When you're thinking your girl's alone She's probably sitting right by my side Talking about your other girls And telling me she ain't gonna
Sabi la 
And we're back. Yeah. That so was a good song. I told you, man. All you got to <laughs> hey, do man. is reach in that catalog and you can pull anything out. Yeah, man. I mean, you just got that feel. Okay, Mr. Green, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Nice this has you, been a wonderful Thanks experience. For coming down. True honor to yes, meet, sir. Come meet, on down, a, man. meet the Come on the down G-Funk and see us in action. Yeah, so where's the next place you're playing? Well, different places, but I'm always playing in okay. here. So I've been having events in here. Oh, so this is like a little throne. nightclub right now. Yeah, you see that throne over there where my bass is sitting on top of it. Oh, okay. And right next to it is my amp. There you go. So I'm always. What doing What are you playing through? I'm playing through a. That's a. Uh, the guy who made that for me. It's um. Man, oh shit! He'd be oh, mad shit. as hell. He'd be mad as hell if he knew I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> of the amp, man. Blackport. Blackport. Blackport is the cabinet. Is that a local thing yeah, here? Yeah, that's a local guy. Good friend of mine. And yeah, I spilled this water. Yeah, we spilled a little water. We spilled some water all over the place. Okay, I'll make this the last question because... <laughs> that might be important. What's a what's what are what's like your your baby bass? That's the bass that you take out with you. Well, I'm, I'm one of those guys, one bass, one bass kind of guy. A lot of guys have four basses and can't fucking play one of them. <laughs> so I'm one guy. I got one bass, a Spectre bass that I play the hell out of. The Spectre. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. Fuck that. Yeah. I don't need four or five basses. And is it four or five string? Four string. Four I'm string. Old school. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Uh, the five string is like. I don't feel like starting all over. You know what? I hear a lot of people talking shit on five strings. I like five strings. I like that low B, man. That low B is just, I mean, like, especially with R&B. I mean, I like it too. But I, I feel what you're saying as a player, because I play bass too a little bit, and uh, a five string would be for just starting yeah, over. There wasn't no five string around when I, was, when I was doing it. wasn't no five string. Oh, okay. So that's a new thing. That's real foreign. <laughs> and then the new generation jumped on the five string. Right on. That's cool. Okay, well, I think we can end it on that. Fuck five strings. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Fuck five strings. <laughs> All right. Thank All you, right. sir. I want to thank Tony Green for being generous with his time and, uh, you know, just being really open and honest about his experiences um, and I want to thank tapdetroit.com and I need you guys to go over there. I'll put a link in the bot in the, uh, show notes and you guys can go and check that out. Uh, also I want to give, um, uh, some names to those songs since we didn't really plan on, um, playing music on the show that I did with them. We played more than one song, so that might seem a little off after listening to three songs in a row and saying, that's a great song. Uh, so let me just give you a little uh, shout out. Uh, let's see. If You're Not Careful was the first song. The second song was In The Room. Those are both T-Money Green originals. And then he also produces a band called the Dope Rhyme Villains. And this was the title track off of the Dope Rhyme, Dope Rhyme Villains album. Uh, I think it's a self-titled album. Let me see. Uh, Tony produced and recorded those tracks for them. And uh, I told him I'd throw uh, a song up there. So hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. And you can also check out the website, wespeakenglishgood.net.
well, that'll do it. Here's to another 100 episodes. And uh, thanks a lot for listening and being a part of my life and my journey, (laughs) which sounds really cheesy, but uh, it really does mean a lot that people are actually listening. So that's weird, but awesome. So be nice to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. Stay up, baby. Shh.